0: Today, on the Bill Kelly Show, on 900 CHML. Last night, the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board uh, put a letter out to parents, it was put out on social media, uh, with plans and an outline for the upcoming school year, Uh, and uh, that they covered all the options, I think would be an understatement. It's a very extensive report and study, with a number of different possibilities. Joining us to try to give us an overview of this is uh, Peter Sovran, who is Associate Director with the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board. Peter, thank you so much for the time. I'm so pleased that you could be with us here today
1: morning bill uh... thank you for having me
0: well you know we've seen the discussion going on in other jurisdictions uh, there's a big debate going on south of the border right now about whether they should even go back to school uh... you guys are working i guess on the premise right now peter that it's going to happen in some way shape or form but we have to determine what shape or form that's going to be uh... that's correct bill uh... we're
1: we're working towards three different scenarios that the ministry of education has asked us uh, to develop uh, and that is either a full return uh, with some enhanced uh, public health uh, measures being put in place, uh, a partial return or an adaptive uh, return where we' see reduced class sizes each day cohorting of students. Uh, and then the, the third scenario which is uh, the one that we've been in really uh, since the closure uh, in the middle of March uh, until the end of the school year and that is full remote learning. so, we're looking to prepare for all three possibilities at any point in time during the
0: school year. How feasible, and, and I'm asking you to do a little crystal balling here, I guess, Peter, His Scenario A at the stage, in other words, the full return? Uh,
1: the, the full return uh, is, again, one of those scenarios that uh, we're certainly hopeful uh, that uh, the Ah, uh, public health circumstance would allow us to uh, to be able to return that way. So we're going to uh, await uh, the direction from the uh, from the minister uh, in and or around uh, August the fourth. They said that they would uh, let school boards know, and then in turn we'll let uh, uh, families and students know as well.
0: How much wiggle room are you going to have here? Because that's an important point you've just raised here, Peter. Uh, that's most of the stuff that's going to be done here, as, as always, even back in the quote-unquote business-as-usual scenario, uh, is under the direction of the ministry, and, and they're the ones that are really going to set the, the, the course here, are they? Uh, yes, that's
1: correct, Bill. Uh, again, we're, we're going to await uh, their direction in terms of which scenario to begin the school year in, But I think it's really important to emphasize that all of this planning uh, is not just for the start of the school year, but at any point in time, you know, between September and next June, uh, we could be in a situation where we need to shift into a different mode. So we need to be ready for that.
0: Exactly. So, uh, what may start off, uh, well, just develop the scenario I just raised. I mean, if you do start off and say, yeah, we're going to do the full return, uh, who knows? I mean, you know, we've had talk about a second wave and the impact that might have, in which case you guys are going to have to pivot.
1: Uh, absolutely. And so, as we're developing uh, what we're calling scenario B or that adaptive uh, mode, it's always with a view that this could happen at any time, not just at the beginning of the school year, but uh, at some point throughout the year, much like it did uh, as we headed into March break earlier this year.
0: The, uh, the Scenario B is rather interesting, and uh, I, I don't want to get into all the detail because you go through just about every different scenario, but how many days in the classroom, how many hours in, in those days will they be in the classroom, uh, time off, uh, as you say, there's a Cohort uh, 1 and a Cohort 2 uh, that are going to be rotating, I guess, through this, but there's going to be some time off as well. Uh, it's it's a very interesting theory and a very interesting uh, uh, plan that you've adapted here. Talk to us a little bit about the, the, the work that went into this and, and uh, the the number of hours and people involved to try to develop something like this.
1: Yeah, thanks, Bill. That's uh, it's really important to uh, to emphasize that uh, we've been uh, we've been working on this since uh, approximately the beginning of May uh, in anticipation that we would need some sort of an adaptive uh, approach uh, at some point during the upcoming school year. So we have had uh, so many members uh, of the HWDSB uh, from. Uh, principals, members of our senior team, uh, working with our employee groups, um, staff uh, representing really all facets of the organization uh, need to have input into these scenarios. Because uh, as you can imagine, uh, each element, whether it be transportation, how you put desks into a classroom, cleaning, um how we're going to uh, continue with teaching and learning and assessing, all those need to be thought through. Um, so in terms of hours, uh, we're well into the hundreds of hours of, uh, uh, of planning uh, for a scenario that, one, we hope doesn't come to fruition because we hope it means that we're in a, a much better place uh, uh, in terms of this, uh, this pandemic. Uh, but, uh, but secondly, we also know that uh, scenario B is uh, is is disruptive, um, and there are going to be uh, definite challenges when we uh, look to uh, uh, implement this. And what we're saying to families uh, and students and staff is, um, you know, we're we're doing the best we can with the uh, extensive planning. Uh, and then when we implement, uh, if there are challenges, we're going to keep listening and we're going to keep adapting as best as possible.
0: You mentioned uh, the current uh, well, the status quo, at least uh, when the school year finished off, was it was essentially scenario C, the full remote, uh, which we had to do because of the shutdown that was announced, of course, by the government. Uh, you don't want to go down that road again. Uh, I, it's what you had to do, and, and you know, so that you, that's, that's just the thing that had to happen. But we got a, a, a lot of concerns, and I'm sure you people did too, Peter, but uh, some from students, some from teachers, saying this is this is not really the best way to be teaching kids and for the learning to this. Uh, obviously, you know, these sorts of remote broadcasts and the sorts of things that are going to be done uh, remote learning is, is going to be in some way incorporated, but it would be kind of nice to get back into the classroom. I think that's where everybody has their best comfort level.
1: Well, there, there's no doubt, Bill, that...
0: Um you know, when we had to
1: really quickly pivot uh, heading into a March break, uh, if we all recall the Friday before the March break, uh, we were in classrooms, uh, as we would say, sort of in our regular routines, um, and we haven't been there since. And so huge credit to uh, uh, to our teachers, to all of our staff, and, and to the students and the parents out there uh, who had to make that, uh, that switch. Not only learning remotely, but learning remotely during a pandemic that none of us have experienced before. So uh, absolutely. Do we want to be back there? None of us want to be back there, but we want to be ready just in case we need to be
0: talk to us a little bit about uh, scenario B and and the, the adaptive return which is kind of a blended uh, program here as you say there's some remote learning and some classroom learning as well uh and, and maybe walk us through exactly what the, what the, uh, the the goal was here was it to to try to maximize classroom time at, at the same time uh, do we, if if we're going down that road, uh, do you include and incorporate some of the things that we've talked about vis-a-vis, uh, you know, face shields, uh, social distancing, things of that nature? Uh, when you say back to the classroom, is it back to the classroom with these conditions?
1: Uh, thanks, Bill. Scenario B has uh, a, a number of things in place, and and when we uh, started to work on uh, Scenario B, we really wanted to maintain. Uh, as much of the school day routines uh, that are currently in place as possible. So that means in secondary schools, for instance, uh, not having to change the timetables that are already established for students, the choices that they've made for their courses, for their pathways, um, teaching assignments not being altered uh, in elementary or in secondary. For elementary schools, keeping classes again together um, despite the fact that we will need to look at uh, putting uh, students into groupings called cohorts uh, where they may not see each other every day uh, inside the classroom. And then in terms of those additional public health measures, there are several. um, And in the report, we detail them out. But really, we're looking at things like um, putting in screening practices, uh, emphasizing uh, practices uh, around uh, hand hygiene and respiratory etiquette, and then the physical distancing, which, you know, will include both um, desks and, and work areas and learning areas that are separated by approximately two meters apart. Uh, but also a lot of signage in schools that will be a, a reminder to students and to staff around where they need to place themselves in order to keep that physical distance.
0: One of the other areas uh, that I went looking for when I was reading the report earlier this morning, and I'm so glad that you have addressed it, and I was in, and, and quite uh, happy to see the way in which you addressed it, was uh, special needs. The Hamilton Board of Education, of course, has, has done some incredible work with special needs students and uh, some of the programs and options that you offer into the situations like this. And under very trying circumstances, I mean, even if you do have to go for Scenario B for a period of time, uh, there is provision for special needs, isn't there?
1: Uh, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, within the guidelines provided by the Ministry of Education, uh, it was certainly highlighted uh, that uh, students with uh, high levels of uh, special education needs, uh, you know, be, we look at providing an opportunity where they could come daily, and that's been part of our planning uh, all along. I will also say, Bill, that I'm, I'm so pleased that uh, the work that uh, we've done um, in terms of summer programs and summer learning uh, to try and bridge some of those gaps and also to uh, look to help students uh, make that transition back to school, regardless of the scenario. They've been out of school physically uh, for quite some time. And so we're, you know, we've put uh, programs in place over the summer to help to make that transition. And one of those um, transition uh, programs is especially geared to uh, students uh with a learning disability, and we've had an incredible uptake this summer uh, already, uh, with students participating in that uh, in that course.
0: Well, I've heard from some of those families, uh, and, and it's really heartwarming to understand that. Uh, I, I know the burden that teachers uh, do are feeling, of course, with the, the remote learning that they've had to do, but they did it, and, and you know did their best effort and the students too but even for the special needs students and uh, you know we've talked in the past about you know the, the different attitude that you have to have with special needs students I mean they like consistency an awful lot of them it has to be the same thing and I know a lot of the teaching assistants uh, have maintained contact with their, their students over this period of time as well and that's that's going to be important with, with the reintegration to get people back to to know that that relationship uh, is, is still there between uh, teaching assistants, teachers and the, and the student themselves
1: yeah without question bill and and thanks for emphasizing that point uh you know you'll see it in our uh in our planning that uh you know providing supports uh, and resources to address uh students uh, mental health and well-being to continue to uh, maintain those relationships regardless of which scenario that we're in incredibly important incredibly important and uh, so pleased that uh you know our teams have been uh, undertaking this work and uh you know we're we're confident that uh, we may not be able to hit every single mark but uh we're confident as we're heading into uh into September uh, again whichever scenario that we're in uh, that uh, those supports are being put in place
0: let's talk about the elephant in the room here there's going to be some cost involved in this so you also confident that uh, that the province and the ministry are going to step up uh, not just with your board but i guess just every board's in in the same situation right now to to try to cover some of these costs and and try to ease this transition uh
1: we know that discussions are ongoing and uh you know our board of trustees uh and and our chair are in constant dialogue uh, with the with the minister and the ministry and you know advocating that uh uh, we do need the uh, additional funds because uh, inevitably uh, this is going to cost more.
0: Well, yeah, and we're waiting for some commitment. What, what's the date uh, the, the, where we have to, uh, the boards themselves have to make a decision with these ministry guidelines? I mean, you know, we're, we're drawing close now to, uh, to almost the end of July, and, uh, you know, we start thinking about returning to school. Uh, the time frame for that and the day for it. I, you know, there's some talk uh, from some people in the ministry. I know you heard, Peter, a little while ago that maybe starting the school year a little earlier than, than Labor Day this year. Is that still on the table? Are we still looking at those different scenarios?
1: Well, in terms of uh, timelines, and it's it seems hard to believe that we uh, just completed, uh, you know, the nineteen twenty uh, school year a couple of weeks ago, and we're already um, running as fast as we can to get ready for, uh, the upcoming school year. Um, we need to ensure that we have all of our plans ready for review by the Ministry of Education, uh, towards the end of July. So that's only in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, they will, they will be indicating to, uh, to everyone, uh, in and around August the 4th, which scenario we will, uh, start the school year in. Um, and uh and in terms of the school year calendar uh we just approved at our board our special board meeting on Monday night uh another school year calendar which sees uh three professional activity days at the front of the school year beginning September the 1st um and this is largely to uh ensure we have every opportunity to work with all of our staff around uh all of these uh, enhanced public health measures and um, and and other health and safety measures that are, will be necessary uh to uh, to review with them prior to going into the classroom so for students uh the first day of school uh whatever that may look like uh, will still be the uh day after labor day
0: Okay, trying to get the kids out of bed. Uh, good luck with that one. Uh, listen, a great deal of work has gone into this. Uh, it's, this is a must-read for, for parents uh, to get some sort of idea as to what's uh, in store and what the possibilities are. Now, I, know, I mentioned you put this on social media. I assume it's on your webpage now too, is it, Peter?
1: Uh, it is, Bill, uh, as well as the, uh, the reporting of the, uh, the board meeting from uh, from Monday night. And uh, I will say that uh, while the, uh, the report is uh, fairly comprehensive, a lot of work still needs to be done. Um, so appreciative of the work that we're doing with our various employee groups as well, because uh, even though we began uh, towards the beginning of May, we're now down to some of the fine details uh, which need to be ironed out in order to uh, you know, make this a reality as we
0: head into September. Well, uh, hopefully parents will check that out, and I'm sure they'll have some questions, and uh, they'll be in touch to be sure. Peter, thank you so much for the time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Peter Sovrin, of course, from the Hamilton-Wentworth District School Board. Heading back to school day after Labor Day, just like old times. As to what it's going to look like, we'll find that out in a couple of weeks, I guess. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900
1: CHML.